101 time for the Hammer Down Show with Jared Jesselitis. Oh, yes. And what was that beginning, middle, and end part again? Streaming online at 1017thehammer.com. All right. Sounds good. Let's do this. about i mean it's just um it's uh it's a busy busy kind of monday here with uh, lots to get at your thoughts always on the blue fox eating and cooling uh hammerhead hotline 765-447-4080 i should get that up right now 765-447-4080 so if you want to reach out to the show you got questions you got comments uh always love to hear from you guys on the Blue Fox Eating and Cooling Hammerhead text line. Again, 765-447-4080. We got you here. All right, let's go ahead and get started need, need, with the, I can say words, right? It's the Need to Know News. Here's your Need to Know News. All right, let's go with a bit of breaking news here. Ian Rappaport's got this. Washington Commanders quarterback Carson Wentz out four to six weeks. You know what that means? No revenge game in two weeks. Ah, you hate to you hate to miss that narrative because they're playing in Indianapolis in two weeks, and we have been deprived of that game. Bummer. I love I love betting revenge games, man. Our Colts fans are probably like uh, I, I don't know. You probably have mixed feelings, right? Like, if you weren't a Carson Wentz fan and you think he's part of the problem, you wish he would come in here and lose? If you just want to see everybody happy, I guess you'd like to wish him the best. It is what it is. Speaking of the Colts, 34-27 winner yesterday over the Jags. Matt Ryan, 42-58, 389 yards, three touchdowns. No Jonathan Taylor, no Naheem Himes, so he hairs it out. Pittman, 13 catches for 124 yards. The win puts the Colts a half game behind Tennessee for the South lead. Wouldn't you know it, they head to Nissan Stadium on Sunday with that division lead on the line. Titans an early three-point favorite. They beat the Colts 24-17 just two weeks ago. Speaking of the Titans, Nashville Mayor John Cooper struck a deal with the franchise. They're going to build a new domed stadium if approved by the, the Metro Council. The new venue will be located just east of Nissan Stadium near I-24 and will cost $2.2 billion. I thought Nissan Stadium was not that old. There's a group of about seven uh, stadiums built there before 2000. One of them being like FedEx. Uh, let's see here. The Panther Stadium was one of them. Uh, but yeah, some of them that you don't realize how old they are. I don't know how upkeep goes with those. They, you know, they get renovated. And I feel like Nissan got renovated a couple years ago, right? Well, either way, Nashville's turning into a popular tourist destination, and uh, Dome Stadium lets them have more of those country 
music festivals indoors in a big venue. It's probably a great investment for the city. Uh, the Texans have ousted their executive VP of football operations, Jack Easterby, today. Easterby was rumored to be very vocal in personnel decisions, almost like that he was the general manager at times. But that had changed when Lovey Smith came in. It seemed like his role got diminished. Uh, Easterby began his NFL career as a character coach with the Chiefs, and then he was the team chaplain. And then after Kansas City, he moved on to New England for six seasons, being their character coach. And then it was kind of weird that he got that job and that he was making those kind of decisions uh, in Houston. But that is done. Hey, the Golden Boot staying in West Lafayette as the Boilers tie with IU yesterday 2-2. Two two. Sidney Duarte with the equalizer in the 63rd minute. Gracie Dunaway had opened up the scoring in the first half, but IU would score the next two. That's eight years in a row now the boot stays up north. The second longest streak uh, behind the 15 straight years Purdue had at the beginning of the century. Next up for the Boilermakers, a trip to Minnesota. And then Thursday, that's on Thursday. They'll season a wrap-up at home at Folk Field Sunday, 2 o'clock against Maryland. I encourage you to get out. Tickets, uh, you don't even need tickets free. Just waltz right in. Uh, AP basketball preseason poll was out. Purdue with the 29th most votes. Big 10 teams in the top 25 include Illinois at 23, Michigan at 22, and IU, the highest-ranked team, at 13 in the Big 10. Michigan State, Ohio State, Rutgers, and Iowa also received votes. On the football side of things, football up to 26 just can't get past Tulane. Uh, they're about 20 points uh, behind the wave there. Local boys soccer teams out after regionals over the weekend. Faith Christian falls 3-0 to Park Tudor while West Lafayette gave up two early ones to Mishawaka Marion and could not pull off the comeback. They lose 2-1 in that final. Didn't go any better for the girls as the Faith girls lose in a shootout to Fort Wayne Canterbury. Westside also falls to Mishawaka Marion 1-0. Harrison boys tennis just short of a state title. 3-2 loss to North Central. Uh, the two double matches the Raiders lose proved to be the difference maker. And there you go. That is today's Need to Know News. On to our best bets for tonight. Hey, did a good job with Purdue over the weekend, right? We told you to take that uh, Nebraska 14 points. We told you to take the over. And we were big hitters there, baby. That's what I'm talking about. So uh, let's uh, keep this win train going here tonight. Uh, first off, our friends on DraftKings have so much stuff going on for you. All right. First and foremost, they have got this boost here for you. And I believe it's going to be a little different for everybody on the max, but the, it just remains the same. Justin Herbert to throw for at least one touchdown boosted to plus 100. Yes. Even against that Denver Broncos secondary, uh, you got to get in on this. All right. Boosted plus 100. You just got to opt in. That is available. Uh, to plenty of people tonight. So uh, your maxes may differ, but uh, the prop is still the same. From minus 800 to plus 100 there, that is even money. You can also boost your same game parlay up to 100%. Uh, so make sure you are doing that. Uh, tonight, man, this is a tough one. Broncos 1-4 and four against the spread. The Chargers are 4-1. and one. Here's the problem with that. Regression to the mean has got to be coming, all right? And it hurts me to have to take the Broncos in that, was it four points now? Oh, boy. I, I don't want to watch Russ Cook. Nobody wants to watch Russ Cook. It's terrible. 
I hate taking the plus four tonight. I really do. I, I think that's a smart thing to do, but at the same time, I, 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 I have to bet on those Broncos. Now, the Colts turn it around after Thursday Night Football. Why can't they? Uh, they've got an excellent defense. Remember how great the unders are hitting uh, in primetime football. 45 and a half. That Broncos offense, oh boy. Broncos have also failed to cover the spread in seven of their last eight games. I just don't like getting in on this. The the spread hurts me, okay? So we got to find some ways to make some money on this bad boy, okay? Couple of props that we like here. Mike Williams overs. Yes, even against the secondary that loves to play man, I think this can benefit Mike Williams. He's going to get a little extra attention, but he got 39% of the passing targets last week with no more Keenan Allen again tonight. All right, no Keenan Allen again. Williams has topped 100 yards in three of the four games that Keenan Allen has missed this season. And you can get him for under 70 on the over-under mark right now. So I think that's got some value there for you. Uh, we'll sprinkle a little there and, and maybe even see if we can make a little extra bumping that up tonight. Next, Melvin Gordon, over two and a half catches, plus 120. I love that number, plus 120. He has hit that in two of his last three games. He didn't carry the ball in L.A. more than like three, four times, so he really didn't get a ton of uh, snaps in there with some injuries. Chargers' run defense has been abysmal this season as well. They've allowed eight touchdowns to opposing running backs, which is the second most in the NFL. So I'm thinking you need to take a look at some Melvin Gordon props tonight. Uh, Again, with the man coverage, I think there's some dump-off opportunities here tonight, and this could benefit you. Melvin Gordon plus 120 over two and a half catches. Uh, I think there's some money to be made on him. He is a little bit banged up, which scares me a little bit. But he's plus 150 on the anytime score here this evening. On the rushing props, he's over 53 and a half. Ugh. That's a that's a decent amount right there. So again, why not go with the two and a half? You're in plus plus 120 right there. Over 14 and a half yards receiving at minus 110 isn't terrible, but these are the trends that I've seen here in this Monday night game, and that's what I'm going to be playing tonight. It just it's not a go hard kind of game for me here. It's just not because I expect both these teams to kind of I expect I expect the Chargers to regress here eventually because I don't think they're as good against the spread as the as they've been so far, and I expect the Broncos to be a little bit better at one point, even on the road here. I don't know. It just that that aspect of it scares me. I'll stick with the player props here tonight. We've also still been pretty darn good on hockey. Uh, my hockey play for tonight: Canes and Kraken under six is even money here at plus one hundred. The uh, Canes are first in points allowed and first in short-handed defense here. Okay, so we got an excellent defensive unit out of Carolina. The Kraken mediocre scoring at best. The Canes among the best in the league defensively early on. They don't net a ton of goals either because they don't have to. Pretty darn good. Canes overs are 0-2 this season so far. So uh, I will go ahead and try to scoop that up at the 6 at plus 100. That may end up pushing in the long run, but hey, even money on an over-under on uh, a team that just shuts other teams down right now against a mediocre offense, yes, I am here for it. Those are the plays tonight. I hope they work out for you. Uh, Good luck if tailing 
And please make sure you play responsibly, okay? We got a little bit of a break here, but we're going to come right back. We're going to hook you up with uh, Pat Shanley, Jeff Broncos. Comeback win to beat Kokomo undefeated Wildcats on Friday night. Uh, They've got the bye week this week because it's a four-team sectional. Uh, We'll talk with him and recap that win and see how this week's looking for them. That's next. You're listening to the Hammer Down Show on 101.7 The Hammer and 101. Welcome back. It is the Hammer Down Show on 101.7 The Hammer and 101.7 TheHammer.com. Uh, I'm Jared Jessalive. So over to our Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline we go. Coach Pat Shanley is on with us. Jeff Broncos uh, coming off a big win on Friday night uh, against Kokomo. A uh, come-from-behind victory that had a, a lot of grit to it and uh, just a wonderful performance. Coach, uh, first and foremost, congratulations uh, that is an undefeated Kokomo team that you guys uh, knocked off at home last week. I know that was not uh, an easy matchup by uh, any stretch there, but you guys seem to uh, just find a way down the stretch, and uh, you come home with the W. Yeah, Jared, I, you know, I was really proud of our guys being down 30-14 to 14, uh, pretty late into that game against an offense that doesn't, uh, you know, doesn't, uh, you know, typically beat themselves. It, it, for our kids to... You know, despite a lot of things working against them, for our kids to to find a way to win that game, man, it, it gives us a lot of confidence and a lot of, you know, just just a lot of confidence, I guess, for lack of a better term, heading into you know the, the playoffs. We're we're excited to to beat a good team, excited to play that caliber of opponent, and and uh, excited to have some momentum yeah, as it, we head into the postseason. And, and as we've been talking throughout the season, it was nice to finally get a little bit of that jumble in the NCC schedule now that. Uh, you know, like I said, no disrespect to, uh, you know, the Richmonds and, uh, you know, Andersons and stuff like that, uh, the Techs, but getting that backload in October was not doing you guys any favors. Now you finally do get that test. So uh, as you guys came in to work out and everything here, too, going into your bye week, uh, do you feel like anything's a little bit different this time around than it might have been in the last couple of seasons? Well, we'll find out. You know, Kokomo certainly, you know, exposed us in some areas that uh, we've got to continue to, to – improve and get better um you know we, we'll have our kids full attention i can promise you that it's a motivated group um that, that's working to become a more disciplined group and uh, we understand for us to to hang hardware in november we, we've got to combine those two things together just motivation and discipline on a on a day-to-day basis so you know it, it's uh it's been a group all year that that's just been a lot of fun to coach jared and and um you know this morning coming to the weight room wasn't any different than what it's been all year they're they're it's, it's a fun group uh, we're talking with Pat Shanley here on our Hammerhead Hotline. They're going to get prepared for uh, Lake Central here on, uh, not this week, but next week because they are in that four-team sectional like uh, everybody else there in uh, 6A. And, I mean, look, look uh, we say this every year. If not now, then when? I, I know you've been hearing it. I, I know the, the kids hear it and everything, too. There's that noise about having to get over you know, that hump of, of winning a sectional. The program hasn't done it in about 20 years here. How do you drown that out? How do you keep the kids focused and not let them uh, listen to those outsiders that are be like, you know what, until they win a sectional, it doesn't matter? We just got to be at our best today. And, and that's been our theme all offseason, honestly. it's We've got to be at our best with this rep, this set, this practice, and, and, and what we're doing right now. Coach Richard talks about it a lot, and it's impacted our program of, of – you know, you, you hear it often. There's no more important practice than this one right now. There's no more important workout than this one right now. And, you know, our guys have, you know, really tried to take to that mindset and, and make the most of today. And, you know, at the end of the day, if, if we do those things, then, then we're going to just, uh, you know, go into to whatever happens, happens and have zero regrets with, with, with the results. So we're, we're trying to be at our best right now in these moments. And uh, we'll let the chips fall as in May. 
Jeff Broncos working all on the off week here. Uh, Coach Pat Shanley, uh, enjoy this bye week. Get yourself prepared, Coach. Very excited for you guys next week. And I just I got that feeling, man. I got that feeling that that trophy is coming. This this team's got an awful lot of talent. It's got an awful lot of speed. Uh, we've been watching it all year, and uh, I just can't wait for you guys to have this breakthrough, Coach. Jared, I appreciate you, man. It uh, Friday was exciting. It was great having you and Jeff down there in pregame and. And post game, man. Uh, I, I hope our listeners understand how fortunate we are to to have you and and, and uh, covering all the local teams like you do, man. It's it's uh, we're certainly fortunate. As my buddy Alan Carvick says, thanks, Coach. The check is in the mail. We appreciate it, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> right on, man. Got to thank Coach Pat Shanley for being on with me there uh, again. Big win, thirty-two to thirty. Uh, so they end on a three-game win streak. The uh, blemish is on the record for the Broncos. Uh, week one against Cathedral, and then uh, that game against Harrison where I don't even think they punted in that game, if I remember correctly. Um, so, yeah, I, what happens going forward? Uh, again, a, a great question with them. Uh, they'll, they'll play Lake Central 4-5. and five. They should beat Lake Central. Uh, Crown Point will beat Portage, and then, then comes the questions again, right? Can they get over that hump and do it for the first time in 20 seasons? Can they get that sectional title? I think they have the talent to do it. Uh, hopefully, Aza Copen's okay. Um, you know, he was out. He was held out of that game uh, in the fourth quarter after taking a tumble over by the track. I, I think he's going to be okay. It sounds like he's going to be okay. Um, but yeah, they got a lot of speed on the outside. I, I love Glenn and Glenn Patterson tailback switch it up with Josai Powers. They look pretty good. Defensive front. Get some push. It was a tough one against Kokomo last week. Better than I really thought that they were. I mean, I think Jeff's, Jeff's big issue is just limiting the dumb penalties. Every time we go out and see him, it's a dumb penalty. I, I saw a lineman, offensive lineman, get a penalty while the official was spotting the ball for 15 yards. You just can't have that. And they can clean up those dumb things. Yeah, they can win this sectional. But they can't make those mistakes like that and expect to go at the crown point and win that football game. They're just not going to be able to do it. Harrison, meanwhile, I mean, they blow out Richmond. We knew they were going to do it. A great senior night, be able to get all their seniors into play. Uh, they are going to have another, they'll have this week off as well in sectional 13 and welcome up Plainfield. They already beat them 22 to 14 uh, week two. And I think this Harrison team is even better than it was in week two. Um, Plainfield hasn't had the strongest of a, uh, a finish to their season. They lost to Decatur Central real close, or though no, they beat Decatur Central 34 to 32, uh, back at the end of September. But you know, Franklin's a good program. They got whooped there. Whiteland's also a, a good program. They got whooped there. One of those two teams will await Harrison in the regional if they do, in fact, win it. Uh, and then they beat up on a poor Martinsville team. Uh, eh. Maybe I'm judging Martinsville a little bit too harshly. I'm, I only know so much about 4A this year. But, um, yeah, you got to beat the Quakers one more time, who obviously want to avenge that loss. And uh, on top of that, I think they want to go out uh, with uh, a title here for their coach, uh, Brian Woodard, who is going to be wrapping up after this season. Um, so that'll be, uh, that'll be interesting there. But no surprises out of Harrison last weekend. No surprise. Uh, McCutcheon takes care of Marion, thirty-seven to nothing. That's a shutout. They're they're really my X factor right now. Like I have, I, I got questions about what they can do 
uh, with a little bit of confidence. I mean, look, Tech and Marriott, not good teams. But McCutcheon lost four in a row, two good teams. They should not have lost the game to Logansport. Uh, you remember they wide left on the field goal? Should have won that one. But then I look at the losses and I say, well, Garen Catholic, okay, that's game one on the season. West Lafayette, number one team in 3A. Harrison, NCC champions, top five in 5A. Kokomo, they're top, top six or seven, something like that. In 4A, they are undefeated. Jeff, Jeff one kind of stings a little bit. That's definitely a step back. But you look at the losses, the heck of teams they played. Now they start to play somebody that's a little bit more on their level, and they, they bulldoze Tech and Marion and look good in the process of doing it. Not just like, hey, we eked out a, uh, a 28-26 win. No. Big wins here. So what can they now do against uh, uh, Decatur Central? That's my question. Hawks are 3-6. and six. They have struggled to score the football at times. Coming off back-to-back losses here. They got uh, an eight-point loss against Franklin last week. What can they do? I got questions. I, they got nothing to lose. They can play loose and free in this one and uh, let the chips wear, fall where they may. But uh, I'm definitely impressed with what Coach Strasser and company have been able to do the last couple of weeks. They're trying to build a program. And uh, it'll definitely take some time. You know, already got a program. West Lafayette, no problem with Western last week. 43-6. to They've allowed just exactly six points in each of their last three contests in the regular season. Shut out Benton Central. So they've let, let up 18 points in the last four weeks. Although, um, uh, Twin Lakes, not the toughest team in the world for them. Western gives you a little something. That's a little bit more impressive. Cass was ranked in 2A there, so that's not too bad. That's a pretty decent win right there. Uh, they're rolling. Their big thing is, can they keep people healthy week to week? They've already beaten up on Twin Lakes 51-6. to Shouldn't be a problem at home. That's a game that you will hear, though, on Friday night on 101.7 The Hammer. You like the way this thing works out uh, for West Lafayette. And then Central Catholic with a step back last week, I thought, against Hamilton Heights, 41-21. to They should not be losing the Heights by 20 points. Uh, that should have their attention as they get prepared for Winnemac here. And I've got, I got some questions here. They'll, they'll, they'll play Winnemac cool. I think they can beat Cass. In that second game, who has the uh, bye, they'll get that one at home. That's big for them. And then you got to go and uh, what? probably beat Rochester, an 8-1 and Rochester team. The Zebras, not a familiar opponent. One loss against Tippecanoe Valley. They don't have any kind. There's just no similar opponents here to really judge them. And they should beat Seeger, you would think. So, yeah, um, I still got... I love the Knights. They got a lot of great personnel. That loss concerns me. A 20-point loss concerns me. But I know they've got the talent to win that sectional. 100% know they've got the talent to win that sectional. Um, they just got to go out there and take it. It's not an easy road, but they can go out there and they can take it. <sighs> High school football, man. I can't believe we're already sectionals. We've got, I got video of girls basketball doing day one practice today. Mind-blowing we're at that point already. 
We're going to take a break. We'll come back and uh, we'll talk some Purdue football and more. That's coming up next. This is the Hammer Down Show. 1017 The Hammer and 1017. Welcome back to uh, the Hammer Down Show. 1017 The Hammer, 1017 The Hammer.com. A uh, good Saturday for your Boilermakers on Saturday nights. Uh, they pick up the victory uh, over the Nebraska Corn Huskers 43 43- 237. Uh, not that there wasn't things to nitpick at, because there are. Uh, this team's in an interesting position as they head into uh, Wisconsin, a place they've lost, what are we up to, like 15 straight times? Ugh. I mean, this isn't the same Wisconsin team either. Under new management, under Leonard. And I just, I, I don't, there's. People defecting. I don't know that they've got a whole big buy-in there. I, they beat up on a very bad Northwestern team. And then they lost to Michigan State, who, if you listen to uh, myself and Kyle Charters on Boiler Game Day, you know when I hear the word or the name Michigan State, I immediately think, rods. Don't like them. Not great. But you go back Purdue in, in Nebraska, um, the things that stood out to me, one, uh, I tweeted this. Death, taxes, Matt Painter, and Purdue giving up points on the final drive of a half. They did it again at the end of the second. And it's getting to be like where if I see an opponent going on a drive at the end of the half, I, I need to live bet that for an offensive score. They held it to a 43-yard field goal, but nonetheless, 35 seconds on the clock and you gave up points. How many halves has that happened for Purdue this year? They did it twice in Maryland, once against Syracuse. I mean, it it's a trend. It's horrible. They have to stop doing that. That's really, there's there's an area there that I was upset with. It was the field goal to end the half, and then Nebraska comes out, puts another 10 on the board. So you had yourself a 14-point lead, and it drops down to one uh, there by the uh, middle of the third quarter. That's an area you're circling. And that's if I just casually look past the... uh, You know, the Trey Palmer, seven catches, 237 yards, and two TDs. By the way, fun fact, you know, he was also the leading rusher with his one carry for 60 yards. Ain't that something. But Purdue gets the victory in large part because of uh, Devin Mockaby, who is the uh, Big Ten Freshman of the Week, and Aiden O'Connell, who is the Co-Offensive Player of the Week, 8-35-54, 391, and four touchdowns with the one INT. Mockaby, 30 carries, 178 yards. Ridiculous. This kid is a walk-on from the pocket conference, and he is out here crushing it at running back for Purdue. King Daru was kind of like an emergency standby. It's your call, buddy, if you if you want to go in. Took advantage of that. But outside of that, it was pretty darn thin. No Dylan Downing. So you had to trust the walk-on. How many times have we trust the walk-on, and he's been great? Two out of three games? I'm here for it. Coach Braun today said he's a little nicked up. Bro, he carried the rock 30 times for you. Of course he's nicked up. 
when's the last time you had a running back have 30 carries for Purdue? It's, it's utterly insane. Good for him. And he seems like a good dude. He seems like a Purdue player. Like a real Purdue guy, you listen to him talk. So I was really pleased to see that. Uh, via Alan Karpik at GoldenBlack.com, Devin Mockaby, the first Purdue rusher to surpass 100 yards and a half since DJ Knox had 101 in the second half of a 2019 loss to Eastern Michigan. Um, that's uh, back in September 2018. Um, Mock also the first to surpass 100 yards in a Big Ten game and a half since Markel Jones, 159 in the second half against IU in 2017, which was a glorious game. And the uh, most in a league game in the first half since Akeem Hunt, 148 yards in the first half of a 2014 win at Illinois. So, yeah, he's on his stuff. Charlie Jones also still a little nicked up here, according to Coach Brom. 12 catches, 132 yards, and two touchdowns. Did a bit better than I thought that he would. I knew this was a bad Nebraska secondary, but hearing that he was a little bit banged up, I thought they would maybe kind of control his snap count a little bit and uh, try to throttle him back and get him a little healthier. But he went full go, looked great. He looked very Charlie-like. And everything works out. The, the crazy thing, you look at the stats of this Nebraska game, and you wonder how in the world this thing was only six points. First downs, 38-15. to 15. Purdue, 50% on third down conversions. Nebraska, just three of nine. Purdue, two of two on fourth down. Total yards, 608 to 476. Purdue outrushed a team, 217 to 122. I mean, what, you had 54 pass plays. You had uh, 47 rushing attempts. You had over 100 plays compared to, like, was it like 40-some-odd for Nebraska? Time of possession, 42-42 versus 17-18. How is this a six-point game? Defense gave up a lot of big plays. That's what that should tell you right there. That's the only way you can outmaneuver somebody in time possession, 42 minutes to 17. It's because the defense gave up big plays. I know Nebraska has a couple of nice pieces, but still, that was a little bit disappointing. You couple that with the way they finished that second half. And yeah, I'm not exactly thrilled what happened. Uh, with Purdue and that defense this week. They can be better against Wisconsin. But they should have been a little bit better uh, against Nebraska. Now, they'll go back to work. They'll get back to the basics here, and I think they'll be okay. Hopefully you get back Jefferson. Now, that would be nice. OC Brothers, you hope to get him back soon. I mean, That's going to help out a little bit. Defensive line, though, man, they're rolling like, and Tom pointed this out to me, they're, they're rolling like eight deep you know, on the inside and at the defensive ends. I, it's pretty darn impressive, the depth that they've been able to have here. I mean, it's, a, it's that second level that's been a little bit bothersome. 
but I still like Corey Trice a lot. Cam Allen's still good. I'm not worried. Really not. But there are clearly things to clean up on the defensive side uh, of the football. Hopefully got King Daru back. He's feeling a little bit better this week. Uh, he can take a little bit of that load off from Maccabee because, I mean, even Kyle and I were talking about this. I remember Kyle vividly saying this, that Devin Maccabee shouldn't be carrying the ball more than 10 to 12 times in that football game. And he got easily three times that. Now, of course, doing such a great job of running the football, you want to continue to feed him and, uh, you know, continue to chew up the clock. Purdue did a great job at that. 30 carries a week, though, for Devin Maccabee is not sustainable. It's just not. Well, how great is that kid going to be with, like, another year to prep, get bigger in the weight room? Man, he just looks like a superstar running back in the making. So excited for him. Couldn't be happier for the freshman walk-on to uh, to, to have the week that he did. And you know what? The other day, Purdue gets the win. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sully it too much here. I I have those main concerns there, and you should too about the way they finish halves. They did not do. We talked about it the last two weeks on uh, Boiler Game Day, Kyle and I. And they gave one of those uh, drives up there in the uh, second quarter. Thank God they didn't do it at the end of the game. Otherwise, go home losers. So yeah, I'll take the win. We'll move on. Uh, you really wish the bye week was this week to get kind of you know everybody back and on the same page. It will be uh, after the Wisconsin game, but man, if they go up there and end that drought against Wisconsin, I mean it's it's us in Illinois at that point, and that game's going to decide it. Got to get there first. Got to get there first. All right, we're going to go ahead and take our final break. We'll come back with the things we missed and more. Uh, stick around. We'll wrap up the Hammer Down show next on. Hey, welcome back to the Hammer Down show. 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. All right, let's get into the things we may have missed today. Um, I, I, got a, I got a couple of these things. First off, we talked about the uh, AP poll a little bit earlier. Uh, with uh, Indiana being the highest-ranked Big Ten team at 13th. Via ESPN Stats and Info, this will be the first time since 1977 the Big Ten does not have an AP preseason top 10. So, uh, what's it all mean? Does it mean that the Big Ten is struggling to, to keep up with other schools in NIL? Is it recruiting poorly? Is it underrated? Has it been overrated? I think it's a preseason poll, and it doesn't really matter. Look, if you want to get into something that the Big Ten hasn't done in quite some time in basketball, we can harp on not winning an NCAA championship. That is literally the only thing that should matter. You care about basketball polls on November the seventh or on October the seventeenth? No. Just like I really don't care about preseason all-conference awards. What is that? The only thing those things serve are examples of after the season how wrong you were about something. That's all it is. Just because North Carolina is ranked number one right now does not mean at the end of the year they're going to be there. Well, I don't understand why we do this in the preseason. You haven't watched any of these teams play. 
What do you know about them? Oh, you know, there's some pieces that, you know, that are there. Well, you got, you know, you gone watch practice? Ah, oh, it looks so good in practice together. Better put him number one. Come on. Like, it's pointless. Oh, transfers in. Just because somebody transfers in doesn't necessarily mean that it automatically vibes uh, with that whole regime. Like, that fixes the problem. I mean, IU was 9-11 in the conference last year. Now they're supposed to be the, the 15th ranked team in the country? Come on. Come on. Yeah, I got Trace Jackson Davis. Yeah, they add a couple of freshmen. So does everybody else. Everybody else has got a great standout player. I just don't see why we do it this early. I'm not saying that Indiana can't be the 13th ranked team in the country. Say that Illinois can't be, what were they, 25th, 24th, 23rd? I'm not going to sit here and argue with the hierarchy, but the preseason thing just seems dumb, doesn't it? We're just assuming from last year, and then we go off of whatever journalists will, will tell you how good. And you know most of those beat writers all want to tell you how good the team is. They go in and watch. We're basing it all off of that? Half these voters have no idea who some of these other teams are. If you cover the Pac-12, how much Big Ten basketball are you watching? Yet you get a vote, and how are you basing that vote? Off of what? Nah. Preseason polls. Dumb. I'm off it. Speaking of polls, um, it looks like uh, Tennessee is trying to crowdfund uh, some new uh, some new uprights after their big win uh, over Alabama. They, they they tore down the goalposts, took them down the road, and dumped them in the river. And now there's a GoFundMe? Are you serious? They're going to start a new one just to uh, pay the fine for rushing the field, which is like $100,000. Got a question, and, and maybe somebody over at Engineering can explain this to me. Why can't you just go get the other ones out of the river and put them back in? They're, they're metal, right? I think they're, ho- they're probably hollowed out, though. Still, can't you just fish those out? Can't you just reuse those some way? It can't be that hard. You need some $60,000. It's more than that, isn't it? Hey, the, the, this, that's so embarrassing. You got fans that are selling pieces of the turf on like eBay. It's, just, it's so bizarre. Like, I get it. You beat Alabama. It's not like it's the number one team in the country, right? I mean, come on, it's Georgia. Still, they had their fun. Good for them. But go go get them out of the river, man. Put them back in there. you got to be able to do that. $60,000, $75,000, something like that for new goalposts. Get out of town. And you know they're going to take that money and do exactly what I'm telling them to do, right? They're just going to fish them right back out there, dry them out, and put them back up. They'll work fine. 
not like they've been sitting at the bottom of the lake for like a year and you're going to pull them out there and they're going to be all corroded and stuff. Spent the night in the lake. Fish them out. Cut off what you need to cut off, post it, and patch it back up and put it in there. Come on. Heck, there's kids with NIL money on that campus that can cover that for you. Don't put out a GoFundMe for it. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. All right, that's going to do it for us on the Hammer Down Show. Big thank you to Pat Shanley for being my guest today. We do appreciate that. Uh, don't forget the show will be posted in its entirety on uh, 1017thehammer.com, our mobile app, uh, Facebook and Twitter, as well as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. We'll see you back here tomorrow.